Everyone knows how to play poker. 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 But do you know how to play poker well? Well, get ready to talk poker strategy with the people who run the games. Hear interviews with the stars. Get information on when to play, where to play, and how to play better poker. Poker. This is Poker Action Live, a weekly poker show with your hosts, Big Dave Lemon and Joe Rodriguez. And welcome once again, everyone. Poker Action Line is on the air here from South Florida. And uh, we hope you'll find us every week here on uh, different, wherever you get your podcasts. Really, there's so many different places you can get them nowadays. Uh, Stitcher Radio uh, was a standby for us for a long time. Of course, our website, PokerActionLine.com. You can go to iTunes, download our show. Or you can go uh, to the Hold'em Radio Network, which uh, has a weekly broadcast for us and several repeats during the week. And uh, we hope you'll listen there. There's a lot of great podcasts on there. Poker Fuse podcast page is a good place to find us as well. So we hope you'll join us every week. Uh, big tournaments in January uh, worldwide are over. And uh, we head into the month of February now. Uh, Super Bowl is out of the way, so uh, no football uh, blocking anyone's uh, yeah. attention. What a boring finish that was to the <laughs> Super Bowl, huh? <laughs> that was a really terrible game for a long time. and then It, it was a it, terrible game it, for it, three quarters. Yeah. It was a tremendous fourth quarter. That's all it was. Yeah, I think the old Falcons just ran out of gas there, Ben. That was the big problem. I just want someone to explain to me what their call, play call was. With There was three minutes left in the game. They're on their 22-yard line. You just need a field goal to practically seal this victory. And you get sacked, you get called for a holding. They had a holding penalty, and then, of course, the big strips. Uh, the, uh, well, the strip came earlier. Yeah, it came that earlier. That, the, turned, that, that turned around and got them a touchdown. Exactly, yeah, Exactly, you know, but, but they still could have put that game away. First play, uh, yeah. that little screen, not even a screen pass, that little well, dump Well, ball someone, someone, someone actually said when, when they were at the, uh, I think it would have been like a 45-yard field goal because they were at the 33 or something like that. No, but, the, but remember, first down, they were on the 22-yard okay. line, then they got, Tackled for a yard loss, then they got sacked. Right. Okay. After the yard loss, I think someone said, "Well, if they just would have kneeled down twice and kicked the field goal, then they wouldn't have lost the game. There's no way they could have lost." That's what And that I was, was right after the Julio Jones catch. Uh, I think the one thing I'll take away from this Super Bowl is not the collapse of the Falcons, but probably not one, but two of the greatest catches that you'll ever see in sports. Yeah, with Julio Jones and the one that uh, was and, it and Edelman, the Edelman's, Edelman's catch, catch. Right, that was basically off the guy's leg, and he double-clutched it right before, about a half an inch off the ground. Uh, just tremendous, and, and I think a lot of people will think about that one, first of all. But to me, the Julio Jones catch was one of the most athletic plays I've ever seen. Uh, oh, my God. Not, not only because... He got both feet down. He made a tremendous catch. How did that in ball hands. get to him with the but defender the, in front of him? The defender should have picked it off, and it looked like he had no chance I, to even touch the ball. I, that was just, um, again, if, if the, the results have been different, that play goes down as probably one Absolutely. of the top three greatest Super Bowl plays, catches. You know, it goes down with the Lynn Swan catch and everything else. Uh, I listened to Bill Simmons, who's a big Patriots fan, and uh, obviously wanted to hear what his thoughts were. And, uh, he says that the Edelman catch was basically the football gods paying them back for the Tyree, Tyree catch, catch the Giants exactly. a few years ago. So, you know, it's kind of interesting. But it was an uh, interesting game. I, I would have bet New England if I had gotten a bet in. I did not. Uh, the shocking thing for the football bettors was uh, it was right on the number and the total after the Patriots kicked the first field goal. So if uh, if they or if they would have kicked the first field goal, let's put it that way, uh, it was it was 28-all. And, of course, if they would have settled for a field goal, uh, I would have been in great shape because in my squares contest, I had 1-1, one and, one, and I had 1-8 and eight for every score change. So 
If, now, if they just eight, had eight Falcons, I had one Patriots, eight Falcons. Yeah. So if the so if they kicked a field, field goal, goal and held them. and then held them, I would have won. And I also had one one. So uh, well, that you never well it you would, could, the, never, the you game, could never win that no, one. The game because they pay on every score, every score change. It was one of those pools where they pay two hundred dollars for every score change. So uh, oh wow, I've never been involved in it. Yeah, like which that. is it's great. Been quarters and and then and the final always goes to whatever. Yeah, the this final was a little was. more extensive. There was a I, lot of pass. In fact, they even paid like if there was a touchdown, like the first touchdown, they paid six nothing and seven nothing. Oh wow! So there's really? lots of payoffs, and then uh, the end of the final score of the game actually gets the majority of the money. But uh, it was a uh, it was fun, and that was really all I had on it. But uh, you know, the last touchdown puts the game over, and the Patriots, and neither one looked like it had a shot. Uh, you know, oh my God! Like Forty five well, minutes in, earlier, I read in the papers that one of the biggest bets that had come in was one point two million on online. Someone had bet on the Falcons. That guy's probably still banging his head against yeah, the wall right that's, now. That's a crushing. Uh, there's, there was two funny gambling stories uh, during the month of January. One was the Australian Open, where some guy bet $8,500 to win 100 on, on uh, what's his name, Joachim uh, Djokovic. Djokovic. Uh, Djokovic uh, was playing some guy in the second round that nobody ever heard of. Was a huge underdog, and the guy put eighty five hundred dollars to clear a hundred, which is stupid. <laughs> Although you think there's no ch- possible way it could happen, this guy beat Djokovic in the second round uh, in five sets. So uh, that was one story. The other one was I heard uh, that one of the uh, online sites had a bet. Um, will the kicker hit the upright on a? PAT or a field goal during the game, and you, you if you bet no, you had to lay six to one, and they had twenty thousand two hundred fifty dollars in bets, with twenty thousand of it on the no. On the no. On the no. I wonder how much they had. <laughs> and now, what were you getting back? Four probably, probably plus four to one, something like that. You know, something because like that. usually plus four it's to like one. those boxing odds that are it's so yeah, such a, a wide spread. Yeah, right, you know between between, between uh, the but uh, you know that that eighty five hundred to win a hundred. That you know, well, as you well know in the paramutuals, I don't know how well you know the what the bare minimum that the, that the track can can pay back 10 cents on a two dollar bill which is five percent right right five percent on a dollar no matter what even if it's even yeah so there's that's so there called a minus po- pool. that is a minus pool right the house can actually go negative and you know whenever you have one of these horse races where it's you know the, the clear-cut favorite no one bets them to win because win is going to pay the same as place and show because it's the pool is gets so much money, so they all bet him on to show. So that way, if he happens to get nosed out or comes in third, you collect. But whenever they fall out of the money, those are, those are ones they call the bridge jumpers, because these people are putting a hundred thousand dollars to win five thousand, because they think it's an easy five thousand dollars in right. their pocket. Right. And obviously. There's a reason. Obviously, there's a risk. That's why they call it gambling. That's correct. That's well, this correct. is not a this is not a sports gambling show. So let's get to poker. And uh, <laughs> you know, although uh, a lot of our poker players are big sports fans, and there was so many funny things on Twitter. I had a great time on Twitter. Uh, I I don't usually enjoy it all that much, but there was so many great little stories about the Falcons collapse and and uh, the greatness of Brady and uh, just on and on. So uh, it was kind of interesting, but. Uh, 
you know, we had uh, really a kind of a lull in the poker world, and we're back at it now. We did have the uh, Borgata that we were talking about last week uh, that finished up in the next day or two after that. Uh, the winner was Daniel Weinman in the, up there in uh, the Borgata in Atlantic City, and it was his 29th birthday he won the tournament up there. Uh, Happy birthday yeah. to me, huh? <laughs> so uh, 892000 for first place uh, money there. He wins it. Uh, finishing second was uh, Nathan Bierno, and uh, Tyler Kenny was third. So uh, as we were following there, uh, uh, we were quite a ways from the final table, I think, when we left the show last yep. week. We had about 20, 23 or 24 players left, but... Uh, uh, Weinman wins it, 892,000. Bjorno wins uh, 524,000. Tyler Kenny took third, 327. And uh, a good tournament up there, as usual. We were following Will the Thrill, and he did not make the uh, final table. I didn't get the exact finish for him, but I think he did cash. So uh, we'll get him back on to talk about his show. He had a big uh, poker tournament, poker uh Charity event. Charity event up there, and uh, we'll have to see how that went. Uh, the other big story that we've been talking about is obviously the head-to-head grudge match. Uh, Stacy Madison against uh, Will Kasuf. The hometown girl took him down. And she did. She actually absolutely crushed him over in uh, the Czech Republic. It was at the 888 uh, Live uh, Poker Tournament, Poker Festival in, at the King's Casino in Rosvedov, Czech Republic, which is right near the border of Germany. So you get a lot of German players that come across for that. And they had a best two of three match set up, 5,000 chips to start, and Stacy beat him both matches. Uh, was very aggressive, really ran over him. It was unbelievable. Uh, it was not a nasty confrontation, confrontation type affair. It was actually uh, pretty good-hearted, not a lot of animosity, and uh, they had a good-natured competition. Uh, but she played very well. Uh, of course, the grinder is a good friend of hers, and I'm sure helped her out a little bit because that was Kasuf's comment that uh, he said that uh, he felt that she got a lot better in the time that he had last played against her. So that's what his comment was. The grinder actually worked on a, a live Twitch feed for that uh, that they uh, broadcast. So uh, she won a th- it was a thousand dollars on the line, not a lot of money, a little trophy, but of course, obviously, it was for bragging rights, and yeah. uh, we know that uh, Kasuf is a pretty good braggart himself. Yeah, well, listen, again, until he has uh, some continued success, which so far I don't think I've heard of anything. Uh, he had one, yeah. He uh, he actually, when he won that tournament, he actually chopped so that he could get the trophy, and uh, he gave up a lot of prize money to do it. Just to get the trophy. Yeah, that was, that was back in November, I think it was. But uh, he, he had an LED visor that scrolled coconuts, which was, of course, one of his catchphrases that caught on. And he had the T-shirt made up, uh, nine high like a boss, which everybody uh, kind <laughs> of picked he, he up He must on. have worn that. To, did he wear that to the match? Just he did. He did, and uh, those pictures are online. So uh, they said that uh, Kasuf was fairly silent for uh, long stretches of the competition. He did have some speech play but that he was uh, usually folding the hand and not really hanging on. and He, he wasn't quite on the game that he had uh, last summer at the other table. Well, listen, just similar to Jamie Gold having that, that you know, tremendous run when he ran from day one all the way to, 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 till he won the final table. You know, Kasuf may have just, you know, gotten, gotten lucky with that hand against Stacy. Played well, obviously, up to that point to get into the top 100 or top 200, I should say, at that point, and uh, make it to the final two tables. Um, but, you know, it could have just been, you know, a 
very good lucky run like Jamie Gall had. We haven't heard a whole lot from Jamie Gall. We've had him here as a guest, but we haven't heard a lot of him in the poker world uh, since since that great run that he had back then. Uh, any other success? I, I don't know what his lifetime earnings are, but I know he took down that $12 million for uh, right. the main event. Exactly. And, and made his life. And <laughs> it made his life, and I don't know if, if he's added any totals to the, to his tournament earn, lifetime tournament earnings. We'll try to get Stacy back in the show in the next couple of weeks to talk about it. Uh, you know, obviously it's been a big part of our show for a while since we know her well, and and we're definitely we're pulling for her. She brought a uh, uh, joking pair of uh, prop oversized headphones that she could put on, and she put I saw her put them on once. Uh, I didn't get the chance to see too much of the match, but I saw some of the highlights afterwards. Uh, the first match was pretty long and drawn out. Uh, she had finally whittled him down uh, to about three big blinds. And uh, he moved all in with King 2 offsuit, King Deuce offsuit. She called with Jack 8, and uh, the flop was good for him, but she hit runner, runner, jacks to, for trips uh, to take the first game. Second one did not last too much longer, about 30 minutes, I guess. Uh, he raised with A7, and uh, she 3 bet him. Uh, Kasuf moved all in. She snapped him off with uh, pocket jacks. So... Uh, it was a big hand for her. The board ran out just six high. And she said later uh, that she had uh, bluffed him a few times with five high, six high, seven high. And someone said, uh, did you ever have nine high? And she said, no, it didn't quite work out. But uh, <laughs> uh, she she played very well, obviously. Uh, I think it meant a lot more to her than it did to him, obviously. But uh, yeah. it's a chance for him to get a little publicity. And uh, I don't know how they did in the uh, main event there, but I, I know neither... Uh, made it very deep, uh, as far as I know. Um, they all had a good time, and uh, Stacy was absolutely thrilled. Uh, you know, obviously got some publicity out of it. Uh, we'll certainly look forward to hear her thoughts on it because uh, uh, I think she felt horrible after uh, after the summer and uh, had a tough time when she had to rehash it for everybody. But you know, certainly. And you know, the reason she had to rehash it is because of his continued success after that. You know, going all the way to, to the final two tables. I mean, I'm, I can't imagine that Stacy didn't think in her mind, damn, if I had made that call, not only does he not go any further, we never hear from him again. Yeah. And but she, how far does she go in the tournament? No, that's true. Uh, she had mentioned that, you know, nobody would know who he is if she hadn't folded that hand and it got on TV and they had the back and forth. Uh, he also made the comment on Twitter that. Uh, that he uh, basically no one have ever, would have ever heard of her, either. And either if it right, you know, if it unless she had made a deep run in this tournament. And right, she had. She was playing great poker to get to where she was at. Uh, who knows? She ta- she makes that call. She's sitting with a lot of chips uh, with a hundred and something people left in the tournament. Right. We we never know what would have happened. You know, we may have heard of her. Uh, it, it, at the moment, it looks like it's a mutual, uh, <laughs> a mutual relationship as far as getting publicity from it from the negative and the positive standpoint. Right. Because of the time difference, it was on in the morning here. It was sometime late afternoon, I guess, over there in uh, Rosvedov. But uh, the, the Twitch stream, uh, went, the viewership was between 600 and 1,000, uh, depending on from time to time, which I think is a pretty nice turnout, actually. I for think so, like that. too. I think so, too. So uh, and we have another one coming up, don't we? Uh, another yeah, that's uh, coming up uh, March nineteenth. Uh, Kate Hall against Mike Dentali. So uh, 
that will be played uh, in Pittsburgh at the Rivers Casino, I believe. So uh, we certainly will uh, watch that and look forward to that. By the way, uh, Matt Glantz, who has been a regular guest on our program, works up there now at the Rivers. So uh, he left Parks some time back, and he's working at Rivers Casino. So uh, that will be coming up. And that one really was the first one that happened. So this was kind of a, not a copycat, but uh, certainly it wasn't the first one to have a male versus female event uh, scheduled, but they uh, were able to work it out quicker and have it done. So we'll see what happens. Well, listen, I'm glad it was it was uh, entertaining, and, and congratulations, Stacy. Yeah, absolutely. We, we were pulling for you over here, so... Uh and again, you know, we had we had speculated on the fact whether uh, Kasuf would be real well known and be a, you know, have some deep runs in tournaments following uh, this. And uh, we wonder now how Stacy will uh, come out of this, whether she will be uh, an attraction. Uh, I know that Kasuf is going to be at Bay 101 and be one of the shooting stars. I don't think Stacy's got to that level yet, but we can only hope. Yeah, I mean, it works listen, out well for her. all she needs to do is have another very deep run or take down another major tournament. I mean, you know, <laughs> again, uh, being being on the other side of that coin with Kasuf uh, in the long run may help her, especially if she, if she can have continued success at the tables. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I do want to talk about the uh, World Series of Poker Circuit, which uh, starts tomorrow as we do the show here on a Wednesday night. Uh, tomorrow will be the opening event of the uh, World Series of Poker Circuit at the Palm Beach Kennel Club. Uh, we will have, uh, you know, maybe an appearance up there or something. Well, uh, I'm going to head up there and, and, and probably, I don't know if I'll be playing in an event, or but I'll just cover some action, do some interviews and that sort of thing. But I'll be heading up there probably this weekend for a little bit now that football's over and uh, look forward to uh, a lot of great events. Uh, I'll talk a little bit more about it when we come back from our first break. But uh, certainly a lot of stuff going on, and uh, this kicks us into a whole new level as far as uh, what's happening in the world of poker. Uh, the World Poker Tour moves on from um, the event down here at the Seminole Hard Rock to uh, Montreal. That kicks off uh, this weekend as well. Main event at the uh, Playground Poker Club in Montreal. And uh, we'll be following that. Of course, the L.A. Poker Classic has been going on since mid-January. They get to their main event uh, in about uh, about two weeks from today. And uh, they will kick that off on the What's 22nd. Six-week? Six uh... It's about a six-week of yeah event. A lot of tournaments. People uh, have a lot of fun with that out there. And it's a big uh, kickoff to the West Coast Swing. Of course, after that, they do go to the Bay 101 outside of San Francisco. And then... Uh, up to Sacramento for the uh, Rolling Thunder tournament. So all that stuff will head up. I want to talk some more about the uh, the uh, circuit event when we come back. That kicks off with a noon event tomorrow, 365 Monster Stack, and uh, that's always a nice turnout. And then the 365 event number two has four opening sessions on Friday and Saturday. So we'll get into the schedule, talk a little bit about the pass and what's coming up there. Uh, so we'll have some fun. Uh, after the playground event in uh, Montreal, there will be one uh, over in Brussels. So the European schedule continues for the WPT, but the next uh, one on the mainland here, in the, in, actually in, in Canada, will be at Fallsview, uh, right near uh, Niagara Falls. February 22nd is the kickoff for that one. And uh, 
then the LA Poker Classic uh, is the 25th of February will be the main event there. There'll also be in between there a deep stacks uh, WPT deep stacks event at parks outside of Philadelphia. So we'll look at all the schedule and see what's going on. Uh see where we're going to be heading next. Uh, I know that for me it's going to be up to uh, Palm Beach this weekend probably and we'll see what's happening but uh again the season just continues on and on and it's a lot of great stuff happening. So we'll take a break here on the show. First, we'll tell you about Gulfstream Park. Uh, they had a very successful uh, weekend uh, with the uh, Pegasus World Cup two weeks ago. And then last week, there was the uh, big giveaway of the T-shirts, the long sleeve T-shirts for the Holy Bull Stakes and uh, a lot of great uh, stakes races on Saturday. And they'll continue right into February with a lot of big stuff as uh, we'll be following the Fountain of Youth Stakes and uh, later on, of course, the Florida Derby. So all great stuff at Gulfstream. So the horse racing, you know, is classic, and uh, the poker is as well. It's uh, located in the first floor card room, and they have a new uh, giveaway here uh, called the High Hand Wheel. The best poker hand for the half hour gets to spin a prize wheel, and uh, a lot of uh, interesting prizes on there. Uh, kind of averages around $400, I think, for the giveaway. But you can win as much as $2,000 on the wheel. And people are really, or I'm sorry, 1500 is the top prize. And uh, that has been hit several times, uh, said Scott Poole uh, in a recent interview. And uh, he said uh, even in the early days, because of those big hits, it averaged over $500. The wheel is uh, offered from 1 to 10 p.m. in the card room. And uh, they, of course, have their guaranteed tournaments as well. That is at 7 p.m. on weeknights, and they always have some great uh, food and beverage specials. So check it out. It's a great room located in the back of the first floor finish line casino, and uh, we invite you to check it out and have a good time there. Uh, Certainly a a good, clean room that's... uh, nice and uh, the people are nice and you get a good fair game there so i certainly highly recommend that as well uh certainly looking forward to uh getting over there for some of the big horse races and all that sort of thing uh they also have some uh giveaways in the uh, poker room some uh, special uh um, free play if you sign up for your uh, card over there if you're a new customer and you sign up for the card you have a chance to uh, pick up some uh, interesting things when you gamble over there as well. Uh, the Village of Gulfstream Park is out in front. It's located at 901 South Federal Highway. It's in Hallandale Beach, uh, just north of the Dave Broward Line, uh, east of I-95, and uh, on the way over to the beaches there in the corner of Federal and Hallandale Beach Boulevard. So check it out. Tell them that Big Dave sent you over. It's Gulfstream Park. Welcome to your playground. This is Poker Action Line. This is Big Dave for PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. Want to know what's really cool? Your charitable tax-deductible donation every time you play. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com, the feel-good gateway to fun and prizes. Play free. Learn our system. Get 50,000 free chips and play for prizes. Play for scholarships that benefit Caribbean students. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. Take it from Big Dave. A win for you is a donation to Caribbean education. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. Hi, this is Terry Crews, actor, former football player, and father of five. I'm also an expert on drama. There's the good kind that comes with having a house full of kids, and there's silly drama like the drama around my percolating pectorals. And then there's the drama you can skip. Skip the drama that comes with not having your 
high school diploma or equivalency. Find free adult education classes near you and finish your diploma. Visit finishyourdiploma.org. That's finishyourdiploma.org. And lead the drama to actors like me. Brought to you by the Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ed Council. Tuesday nights on WFO Radio are all about Nitro. Join Joe at 7 p.m. Eastern each Tuesday night for the live edition of NHRA Tuesday. Nitro. Race winners stop by to talk about bringing home the Wally every Tuesday night following NHRA national events. Tony Schumacher. Tony, welcome back. Love being on the show because it usually meant that we did something absolutely amazing. NHRA Nitro is available on demand anytime at WFORadio.com. Welcome back to the show. Big Dave Lemon, Joe Rodriguez here. Another edition of Poker Action Line. And things get really rolling here in South Florida with a big uh, tournament up at the Palm Beach Kennel Club, which starts tomorrow. Uh, I'd like to run down a little bit of the action there. Um, you going to go play? Where? Up at Palm Beach? Are you kidding with the schedule I got now? Mm. I'm, lucky I, I'm lucky I can make an appointment with my bed to sleep. <laughs> uh, just to kind of run down a little bit of the history, it started uh, right around when we started our program. We started in March of uh, 2010, and uh, the first uh, tournament was in February of 2011. So basically toward the end of our first year was uh, that first event up at the Palm Beach Kennel Club. When uh, the changes came in that summer, I think it was July 1st of 2010, uh, yes, was the, yes that the, was the uh, opening day that you could go to the higher limits. Go to the higher limits for the tournaments, and uh, things changed forever here in Florida, and uh, for the better, much the better. Uh, John Reardon, 19 years old, was the first winner, and they, as they had over a million-dollar prize pool for the main event that first year. Uh, Jim Harnden was the second-year winner. Jonathan Tamayo uh, was the winner in 2013. Russ Dykstein uh, won in 2014, and then... Uh, Tristan Wade that won the next year, which was a run of uh, really big-name players here from South Florida. Uh, Tristan Wade, and then they brought in the second tournament of the year uh, after that. Uh, actually, Tristan's win was the uh, was one before the, the February event. It was one that came in the fall of, of 14. Uh, a little smaller tournament. They had uh, averaged around 700 for the first four years and uh, had Drew just 303 for the main event then because... Uh, Obviously, uh, in September, is not going to be able to get the kind of business uh, that you get in February. But Tristan Wade won that event. And then Daryl Fish won the uh, February event uh, the following uh, few months later. Uh, the winners in the 2015-16 season were Peter Vitantonio and uh, Michael Bahuja. And then uh, the most recent winner was, uh, of course, Maurice Hawkins. Uh, back in November. So, again, they'll have uh, the 12 rings in 12 days at uh, what is one of the oldest Greyhound tracks in the country, one of just 18 still operating here in the United States. And so it will be very interesting, and, of course, the weather will be great, and it will uh, draw a lot of people down here, and we'll have a good tournament up there at the the Kennel Club. They've always put on a hell of a show, and... And if and if you don't believe what we're saying, just look at their numbers at the end of the month when yeah. they have to report them to the state. They they double they doubled their revenue in the month of February, which only has 28 days in it because of this uh, because of the circuit event. And Toward late January, they gave away uh, another uh, bad beat jackpot, 231,000. It was up to, and uh, 
But they don't need that, obviously. No. I mean, we were it's there. It's probably better, actually. It, it, it probably is better because it actually will have a chance to build itself up with a lot of the people from out of town instead of somebody from out of town taking that big jackpot that, that, that takes however many months it does to get up there. They've had that bad boy get up there at over 600,000. Yeah, they had the, the oh. biggest one in, in Florida, the 500 and... Twenty some thousand. I okay, I thought I had reached six. So yeah, it's but uh, they are able to really pull off uh, some real uh, interest in the in the game when those get up there. And probably it's better not to uh, have it during your tournaments <laughs> because they were are filling up the tables with the tournament games. They can't have if a lot the of tournament games. didn't draw you the, the the expected crowd, then that that might bring some of the people in there, but. You know, the WSOP stands on its own. It's yeah. just a great draw on its own. They've done such a great job for all these years running it. So, you know, it'd be nice if if the, if, the, if all that traffic that comes in there from within the state and outside the state, you know, helps build up that bad beat up there again. But, uh, you know, it, it is incredible. I remember, you remember that year we were up there. They, you know, they... They used to use the live room, the tournament room, to fill up, you know, these tables when they had that million dollar for I don't remember what was it like five hundred dollar buy in or something. Remember right. that, that they didn't. Oh, the Florida Million, right? Yeah, Florida, um, yeah. That they went. Remember they they didn't anticipate the crowd that they were. There were people lining up at four in the morning. They and actually the did that opened. three times. The, the, but and then, and but they, they were better the prepared the second yeah. and third time. That first time we talked about it on our show it was right. ridiculous. Yeah, where the people, people getting outside. into fighting and you know the, the, if you're not prepared for that it could turn into a very well. Ugly that that situation, was not, that was obviously. not the Florida Million. That was the actual. WSOP circuit event, circuit event. With, a, with a million dollar guarantee, exactly. Which they don't run; they don't run guarantees anymore up there. Uh, the tournaments still are re-entry. A lot of them, some are just single re-entry tournaments. There's one event, uh, uh, the second monster stack of the of the of the uh, series is a no re-entry tournament. But it all kicks off tomorrow, Thursday the ninth, at uh, 12 noon with the monster stack tournament, 365 buy-in, and then Friday. And Saturday, there'll be two uh, opening sessions each day uh, at noon and 6 p.m., 365 buy-in. Uh, should be a nice turnout for that one. Uh, they will have a PLO high-low event, 365. That is uh, event number four on Monday. Uh, no horse tournament this year, so, um, you know, I won't be playing in that, but I might find something else to get into. Uh, maybe the PLO. We'll see what happens on that. Uh, they also have a... Uh, Turbo No Limit, uh, 8 Max and a 6 Max, and the main event rolls around Friday and Saturday, two opening sessions, both at noon, uh, for the 1675 buy-in main event, single re-entries in each flight, and uh, then to finish out. There's also a ladies' event, a 135 buy-in, and a seniors' event, a 250 buy-in. Maybe I'll play that one. We'll see. Anyway, the full circuit, uh, the full schedule is on their circuit page, uh, wsop.com, and uh, cl- click on the uh, windows, and you'll find the circuit there, and the latest, uh, the, what's happening there. So, uh, there's two seats uh, online for uh, the WSOP Global Casino Championship. Uh, the main event winner gets one, while the player with the most overall points will get the other. Do you think that draws people the casino champion? The casino champion? You mean bringing people in that 
are going to be declared the, the champion of the tournament? Well, I mean, you know, they have points uh, along the way, and uh, obviously people want to win something, but uh, do you think a lot of people are, are going into the series with that in mind no. to play a lot no, of events? No, I think it's a, it's a small percentage that are... It, 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 you know, obviously, if you're a professional poker tournament player and that's how you're making your living, you know, per se then, yeah, you're looking at that because of the perks that you can get since you know not that many people are going to qualify for it. Right. So in that respect, uh, you know, it answers itself in saying that I don't think that it's, it's a large number to what's there, but maybe it's a nice little bonus for those people who follow the circuit event from stop to stop. All right. Uh, up on the second floor is where most of the tournament action is held. Uh, they do overflow into the lower room at certain events, depending on the turnout. Uh, they also have some great uh, cash games in the evening and some uh, satellites and qualifiers that uh, you can get into there. There's a special uh, high limit section up there. And also, uh, they have the three-card poker, which is uh, one of the most successful places in the state of Florida that plays three-card poker. Yeah, I mean, you know, they're still doing that because, you know, we stopped doing that over at Dania. Uh, a lot of the rooms have stopped doing the three-card poker uh, because of the legality with the state. Obviously, their attorneys are viewing it a little differently than some of the other attorneys and different paramutuals around the state. But... Um, you know, Noah's done one hell of a job. He's yeah. been there since day one, folks. I mean, until I got let go, you know, it was Noah, myself, and, and Ileana, who's still at Magic City, as the only three poker room managers that were that opened their, their doors, you know, back in 97 when it was a quarter 50 cent game and uh, still had their jobs. So right. Noah's done a hell of a job transferring that room into a, a you know, a great high stakes room. Uh, you know, like you said, they have a special area for high-limit players. I remember when I went up to visit him once, uh, you know, when when he was per- right before the high limits came in, and he was, they were already fixing it up because they were getting so many sit-and-go tournaments right. that they thought that's where the future was at one point because that's where they were drawing most of their money from, so... They've done a great job up there. On the legal front, uh, there's a lot of things happening in different states. A uh, new bill out in New York uh, that uh, we'll be keeping an eye on. There's some also some strange bills. One is uh, kind of a, a little small one in New Hampshire where really the bill, all it says is uh, uh, that they're going to decriminalize online gambling. It doesn't really say how to... Uh, regulate it or any rules of that sort of thing. It basically just says that uh, the bill exempts gambling done over the Internet from uh, the previous bill of uh, 647. And Well, uh, that would become very popular with gamblers in the, you know... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they might see an influx of population over there uh, in New Hampshire if that passes. The bill proposes no regulations at all, and it uh, doesn't even set up for the state to take any taxes out of it if it goes through. But uh, I think it's just kind of a little baby step to uh, kind of move towards something as other states begin to pick it up probably is the reason for it. Well, I'd like to see that. I mean, I know you had brought in an article also stating how there are dark horses in, in nine different states that are – you know, thinking about putting online uh, gaming, as you know, with the poker rooms and everything else. And, uh, you know, it seems to me we, we've had a, uh, a stall since New Jersey yeah. passed it back in February it really of, been a stall. I think, 2013. 
Yeah, absolutely. So we're talking four years already, and not one other state has has stepped up to the plate and gotten it passed. There's also a, a bill that has passed the Senate of Virginia, which says that poker is a game of skill. Of course, we knew that all along, but uh, uh, they actually have uh, classified poker as a game of skill and uh, are waiting to see what the next step might be to uh, move towards some online uh, poker in the state of Virginia. So that's one to keep an eye on. Um, not really sure exactly, uh, you know, how quickly that one's going to move, but uh, uh, it's kind of been a state where it's been notoriously anti-gaming for quite a while, and so it just opens up the door a little bit to get that through. Well, listen, anything that gets anything that gets online poker back in all fifty in in, in, in the United States here, and uh, you know, lets us all play together and create these big prize pools. We're all for it. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of another just a legal clarification, so it's like another first step. Uh, then the big one for me is uh, the bill that has uh, came out uh, from State Assembly uh, in the Nevada is a bill that would allow uh, 18-year-olds and up to play poker and gamble in the casinos. It's a big Which, difference. Out it in is Vegas. a big difference. Now, you remember, you have to do special... I guess they would put their poker room somewhere else where Well, I think they're actually going to I think the bill actually allows to gamble on the floor of the casinos too for 18-year-olds. So uh, Well, you know what? You're right because I remember taking my daughters when they were underage and we'd walk right through the casino floor. Right, right. You can't you cannot do that here in the state of Florida. Right. You cannot do that here in the state of Florida. If you if you're under 21, you cannot step foot on on the carpeted casino floor. But you, there's the the legislation would not allow those under 21 to drink. The drinking age is 21 there. So, uh, you know, you can gamble then, but then you can't drink. Uh, they tried uh, back in 2008 to uh, lower the legal gambling age, but never really got it through the legislature at all. Legislature at all. But uh, there's been a move out there because they've made a little less money. Their, their gains have been smaller and smaller every year. Uh, they did uh, their take from gamblers last year was $11.26 billion, which was up from 2015, but below their big record of 2007 when they uh, took nearly $13 billion off uh, gamblers. So it's been kind of a stagnant market out there, and there's a, a move to try to uh, find something to make a little more money. These people always have to make more money. Uh, <laughs> that's the reason they build those beautiful yeah, casinos. Absolutely. So that's, uh, that kind of covers the legal ground. Also, uh, something uh, having to do with Vegas poker out there is uh, the tournament at the Aria that will be played this summer uh, before the World Series of Poker gets underway, and that's the Super High Roller Bowl. Uh, big tournament last year won by Rainer Kempe, and uh, Fedor Holtz finished second. They had 54 players uh, that put up a deposit for the buy-in, but only 35 seats. So they had uh, kind of a lottery to get the seats at this event at the Aria. Um, there will be some late qualifiers and that sort of thing. That uh, The total field size will be 50 uh, with a prize pool of $15 million, $5 million reserved for the winner, uh, which is what Kempe won last year. Uh, Brian Rass won $7.525 million back in 2015 in the tournament, but the buy-in was higher, 500000 Now it's only 300000 and these people are all depositing this money. Yeah, huh? so the event is sold out. Uh, I'm not exactly sure how they'll fill that field, 
but uh, they have listed all the players that will uh, play and obviously a lot of big names, but it may be more interesting to see who got nosed out of the lottery. Uh, some of the ones uh, involved in the tournament that will play, Kempi, of course, returns, uh, the magician, uh, Antonio Esfandiari, John Juanda, uh, Brian Rast, Fader Holtz, David Peters, uh, Eric Seidel will play, Scott Seaver, uh, Nick Petrangelo, Andrew Lichtenberger, Doug Polk, Brian Coverman. Those are some of the players who are in. Some of the ones who were left out because of the lottery include uh, Daniel Negreanu, wow. Jason Mercier, Justin Bonomo, uh, Jason Kuhn, and uh, Dan Shack, oh Dan Coleman also. So uh, big name guys looking to get in somehow. I don't know exactly how they're going to decide that. And also Phil Helmuth uh, uh, looks like he's uh, not going to be playing this year. Wow. Remember the one drop, the big one for one drop? I'm trying to remember. I know it was Gus Hansen, I believe. Oh, remember yeah. that they for that did seat, uh, uh, with for the, the seat. And that one with, guy that was that, with Sean Deeb. Was that with Sean yeah. Deeb? And then I guess Gus wanted the seat, and Sean took the million dollars. Yeah, uh, I took the money and tanked the last couple. So of what did they did? He went. He he raised all everything except for like uh, you know like a uh, hundred dollars, and then when the other guy went all in, he folded so that he could uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> guarantee he'd have to that win a hundred. That was about three or four years ago. You know, so. Uh, I wonder if, well, they don't even need to do that here. They've got enough people that they want to fill up those seats. Yeah. So so among the 35 players, there's uh, 33 World Series of Poker bracelets among that group. Uh, a couple of, uh, it's not just all professionals. Uh, guys like David Einhorn is playing. Uh, let's see, who else? Uh, Christian Christner, uh, Matt Berkey, Connor Drynan, a lot of big names, but that are uh, maybe not quite as well known. Jason Less is also in the tournament. Uh, Tom Marchese is going to play, and Ike Haxton uh, as well. So uh, that was a great tournament last year, a lot of good coverage and uh, a lot of fun. And then they had the Super High Roller uh, Celebrity event too, which was a lot of fun. Uh, with pros going against the winner of the final table of well, the celebrities. It's it's nice that they've had to do a lottery for this because, you know, we've mentioned on the show over the last few weeks how some of these some super of the high rollers have not big been Big high drawing. rollers have dropped off. Yeah, yes. exactly. So, you know, and, and, you know, like you just mentioned earlier in the show, the, the one buy-in was half a million. Now it's dropped to 300000 you know. Just slightly still out of my budget <laughs> to put down for tournaments, but uh, you know, um, it's nice to see that that there's that at least one of these casinos is still drawing a lot of the high rollers. Well, if you've always wanted to get your hands on a uh, World Series of Poker bracelet, there's a way to do it now. It seems more and more often, not by winning it at the table. Uh, Tom McAvoy, I think I mentioned it last week very briefly, has put uh, his uh, World Series of Poker bracelet in a package uh, on eBay. Uh, he did, eventually took it down. Not sure if it actually sold or not, but he's up. To, he's 72 years old now and had four WSOP bracelets uh, in his lifetime and uh, put one of his up for sale, the one from the 1983 World Series Poker main event. Also, eBay has uh, one for sale from Max Pescatori, who... Didn't do it for the money, did it for charity. So uh, it was from his uh, 2015 seven-card stud high-low eight-or-better championship. And he said there was an earthquake in his home country in August in uh, Italy. A lot of damage damage to the town of Amatrice. And he put uh, the 
bracelet on there to raise money for uh, the victims of that uh, earthquake. So, oh, God bless them. Yeah, uh, I hope I hope it sells for a lot of money for them. Very nice. Uh, it was as of Tuesday morning. But uh, this week, uh, yesterday, it was uh, up to five thousand one hundred dollars, and the sale closes on February 16th. Now, have they ever given us a price? I mean, I was always told that the bracelet was somewhere between fifteen and $25,000 worth of value. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, that's one of the, the last event. ones that I saw, it was really gaudy kind of. Yeah, uh, yeah. Let me tell you that. A lot that more diamonds on the main event uh, bracelet. Exactly, but it was huge. I mean, I, uh, who? Uh, <laughs> granted, it's nice to own it and have it, but are you really going to wear that anywhere other than to say one day to a special event just to say it? Because... I'll be honest with you, the nicest bracelet that I have seen was a, a Borgata bracelet that had the Borgata scripted on the bracelet with diamonds. Right. The, the, the Borgata was written out in diamonds. I don't know what the value was, but all I know is it's a very beautiful bracelet. Well, I don't know if they continue to do that. I'm talking about 13, 4, 12 years ago, 2004. Uh, when I saw that bracelet, uh, I remember Negrano won the main event of that, that year's Borgata, and it was either September or October. And uh, that, I mean, I've seen a couple of WSOP bracelets, not the, not a main event up close. We had one of our guests bring one of them in here into right. the studio. But the nicest one I've seen is that Borgata one. That, yeah. that was beautiful, beautiful back, back yeah. then. Well, obviously the emotional and sentimental value is the main thing. Uh, winning in the bracelet and uh, making that accomplishment obviously means more. And if you don't wear it out in public, I mean, you know. Hey, you're not going to wear it every it time. You're, you. you don't want people chopping off your hand there because of the, yeah, the value of world. it. Someone uh, beating you for it. But yeah, absolutely. It'd be nice that you could actually wear the thing and, uh, and, it, and it looks halfway decent, so. Uh, I want to get into some uh, talk about Omaha Hilo. Uh, we'll have that discussion when we come back. But first, let's tell you about Gulfstream Park, again, located in Hallandale Beach, southern part of Broward County, just north of the Dade-Broward line. And uh, here's the information about their uh, new scratch card giveaway. Uh, when you sign up for your Players Club card, uh, you receive a uh, scratch-off play with free play on it. And they also give away 2,000 in free play every Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday in the month of February. It's called the 1-2-3 win promotion. Uh, patrons are picked every half hour from 4 to 10 on Thursdays and Sundays and from 5 to 11 on Saturdays. So uh, check out the casino as well when you head over there to play poker and uh, you'll have a good time. Uh, the spin to win goes on over there. Uh, lots of prizes uh, over there. 55,000 in free play. Uh, has been uh, what they started out with, but uh, uh, you need 25 slot points to earn a drawing entry for that one, and uh, they'll have different uh, slot tournaments uh, as well during the month of February. So give them a call over there. Uh, the poker room number is 954-457-6336. That's 954-457-6336. Gulfstream is easy to find, easy to get to from South, anywhere in South Florida from from uh, Dade, just head on up there, cut over on uh, one of the streets that takes you over toward the beach, and then head north on Federal Highway. Of course, coming from uh, West Palm Beach or Broward, very easy to get to as well. Hallandale Beach Boulevard and Federal Highway is the location. Very easy to find. Pegasus right out in the parking lot, a 110-foot bronze statue, and uh, certainly uh, uh, very easy to find because of the shopping and dining and all the places out in front at Gulfstream Park. So... 
Again, 901 South Federal Highway is the address if you want to plug that into your GPS. It's in Hallandale Beach. It's Gulfstream Park. Welcome to your playground. This is Poker Action Line. Hi, this is Big Dave from PokerActionLineRadio.com. I want to let all avid poker players know about a great new lottery game that was developed by one of our sponsors, Atlantic West Management Group. This game is now available worldwide on the Internet and will be served as Place Your Chips Caribbean and operated on the Internet as an international lottery by Atlantic West. The Texas Hold'em poker-like game is perfectly legal everywhere and presented as a lottery game with tickets available on the Internet. You can win pick six lottery tickets and cash prizes by using your poker playing skills. It's open to lottery players worldwide, and right now this game is in a play-for-free test mode, and you are not obligated to purchase anything. You can get 50,000 free play chips per ticket for the purpose of evaluating the game with no prizes awarded until the game goes live. The lottery customer can purchase a ticket with a unique number that will grant them entry into one of many Texas Hold'em poker tables with a chip stack and like a lottery game, the prize value will be based on ticket sales. That chip stack will be valid for the remainder of the week as players can access the site as often as they like to try and take the chip lead. At the end of the week, the highest chip stacks will be awarded lottery prizes, and if you lose all your chips, the lottery ticket becomes null and void. As with regular lottery games, you can purchase as many entries as you like. However, each ticket stands on its own merit, and much like the regular lottery, the results of multiple tickets cannot be combined toward a prize. The name of this game is Place Your Chips Caribbean, and you can access a live demonstration of the game right now at www.placeyourchipscaribbean.com. We believe that when it goes live soon, there will be a heavy demand for this game, as most lottery players would much rather have some say in the outcome of their lottery result. Their odds of winning are greatly improved if they're able to utilize their playing skills in order to increase their chances of winning. I hope that you will try the Play for Free demonstration, and hope that you will join us and the play for real game becomes available later this year. I always wanted to be a fireman. A pilot. A teacher. But the rising cost of college was a big reality check. That's why I joined the National Guard. The Guard gives me money for college. So I can go to school full-time and fly part-time. My unit helps out after a natural disaster hits. So I get to help people just like I always wanted. There's no bigger rush than being a firefighter in the Guard. Than flying a Blackhawk. Than leading my squad. Thanks to the Guard, I'm becoming who I always wanted to be. Call 1-800-GO-GUARD and ask us how much you'll receive towards your college expenses. Do you like poker? Poker Action Line. Do you like poker? Poker Action Line. Poker Action Action Poker Action Poker Poker Action Action Line. Poker Action Line. PokerActionLine.com. And welcome back for our final segment of this program. Uh, Big Dave Lemon, Joe Rodriguez. Uh, from our studios in uh, Pembroke Pines, along palatial with Geo Studios, Palatial yeah, Studios. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, of course, uh, the show that you uh, should check out also that's uh, done from these studios is WFO Radio, and they'll absolutely. be doing the show right after us and uh, putting that up. Uh, they have a couple of shows, all having to do with uh, um, the world of racing, including the uh, funny cars and the uh, high fuel dragsters, top fuel dragsters. Is that the way you say it? Uh, but a lot of great stuff, and of course they have great guests on there like John Force, and uh, if you're a big fan of racing, uh, especially the drag racing uh, sort of thing, you can check that out at any time. You can also pick them up on iTunes as well. So I uh, certainly enjoy uh, working here with these guys for uh, several years, and we hope it continues for some time. Uh, I did want to mention before we get to our uh, little discussion was uh, the Tyler's Team event coming up this year has set their date. And that comes in the month of March, uh, March 26th, the Sunday, 
at the Palm Beach Kennel Club is going to be the seventh annual Tyler's Team Charity Poker Classic. Um, be the seventh straight year it's been at PBKC. Uh, Kevin McClellan, our good friend, and his uh, wife Karen, that put that on. Uh, if you don't know the story from following the program, uh, you can check it out at TylerMcClellanFoundation.org. McClellan spelled M-C-L-E-L-L-A-N. Uh, it's the story of their son that died. Uh, now it's been uh, God. It's been uh, nine years. Oh, almost. It's, it's amazing. It's Eight and a half years since uh, Tyler passed away in a in a plane crash in Tampa. Uh, really an interesting story because he was a, a young kid with lots of friends. They were all going to Orlando for the weekend, and he had promised uh, an elderly ca- uh, cancer patient that he would accompany her to Tampa uh, for an operation. And unfortunately, uh, the, the plane crashed. Uh, three people killed, including Tyler. And immediately, Kevin McClellan decided to uh, start a foundation that uh, really uh, funds uh scholarships and sports equipment basically for kids not only in South Florida but also in the Boston area and uh, you know it's kind of an interesting uh, project because uh, sports is so expensive now these days to get kids into it with all the equipment and the fees and that sort of thing and it takes care of a lot of people that may be uh, on the streets instead of enjoying and playing sports. And it's so nice that you know his father wants to honor his son's memory. The father and mother want to honor their son's memory by giving them, you know, uh, doing this charity event. But we also have to thank the West, uh, the Palm Beach Kennel Club for allowing them to to, to yeah. have it there. All the we'll time. have Kevin on between now and then. Obviously, I don't know if I'm going to be able to be there this year. It always seems to fall on uh, my fantasy baseball draft, which is uh, sounds kind of silly, except it's something I've been in for nearly 30 years. So kind of hard for me to miss that. Uh, the buy-in is just $50. They have $20 rebuys, and uh, they also have a complimentary buffet and soft drinks before the tournament starts. Uh, cards in the air at 1 o'clock. The lunch starts at 12 noon. There will be celebrity bounties and also a silent auction as well. It's really a great tournament. I've played several years, and uh, I have missed a couple, but uh, I played last year and uh, had a lot of fun and uh, certainly look forward to uh, getting there if I can this year. Again, the date is March 26th, so mark that down on your calendar. It's a Sunday, and uh, you need to get there around 12 noon uh, at the Palm Beach Kennel Club. But we'll talk with Kevin again before. It's one of my favorite uh, charities, and uh, you know how much we appreciate uh, all the things that the poker community does for a lot of great causes. Yep, and we've always tried to champion those causes. So, uh, The last thing I want to talk about is uh, a little discussion on uh, uh, PLO, uh, PLO high-low, some of the rules. Uh, let's start out kind of, Joe, by, you know, people are, you know, this is not really a show for beginners, but we occasionally like to talk about some things that people are unfamiliar with. And there's so many poker players that only play Hold'em. They play at the tournaments, they avoid all the mixed games, and I think it's really a great spot for people to find their niche in the game if they're coming up and they can't seem to win against all these great players out there in Texas Hold'em and to kind of find one of these other games that maybe suits them. Uh, you grew up playing seven-card stud. Uh, of course, five-card draw was the hand for many years. You don't see that too much around. But probably the most popular game besides uh, Texas Hold'em is PLO. And well, if it's PLO high low, well, uh, they, you know, there's a few tournaments of really that as well. They play high low P, uh, PLO. They don't put pot limit for the high low, even though they. Yeah. Every well, now it's, and then, uh, they, it's more of a limit game. Uh, um, you know, no limit. Uh, no, the, it's a limit game. Oh, right. Okay. Uh, Omaha yeah. 8, you know, Omaha 8 is usually because it's a split pot. 
it's a high and a low, obviously, right. and it, and with split pots. Well, explain the difference usually, uh, and 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 what qualifies for a low hand because there's not a low hand on every hand. No, there isn't. You there well, in any of the high low games that are played, whether it's Omaha, which is what we're speaking about now, the the low is 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 almost always an eight low. And what that means is you have to have five cards that are fall between ace, deuce, three, four, five, six, seven, and eight that do not repeat themselves. Five different cards that do not that are you know you can't have two sevens, a six, a five, and a four that will not qualify as a low. You have to have five different cards that fall between eight and the ace, with the ace being a, using the ace as a low in this instance for the half of the pot. Well, the big difference is the opening deal. Instead of getting two cards, you get four. You get four. And you have to use two cards out of those four. Right, and that's what you always tell the players. You must see and hold them. That's the biggest problem that beginners have when they're coming from Hold'em to Omaha. Um, either they believe they can use all four cards, you know, to make a hand. Um, you can, you must just if you remember the rule that you must use two from your hand. No more, no less. No more, no less. Okay. See, that's the problem. Is some people they see uh, maybe three diamonds in their hand, well, they, two on the board, and they think they, they think, think they, they got they a flush, but flush, you don't. Or they hit four diamonds on the board, have one in their hands, and they think they've hit exactly, the flush off. Exactly, and then you know, neither and, one qualifies as neither, a winning hand. Exactly, neither one will qualify you as a flush for, in this instance. But um, so that being said, that you must use two cards. When you're talking about a high-low hand, Dave, you must you must have three low cards on on the board, okay? And that once again do not repeat themselves, okay? Uh, you know that as we say, it counterfeits. You counterfeit yourself with that. Uh, so if there are not three low cards on the five card, you know, once the river has hit the board, there can't be a low. Right. There cannot be a low, okay? Uh, so at that point, it becomes a scoop pot. Now, have you seen hands where if you have all the same suit of the five cards you're using, that that is still can be a low hand? Yes, there are suits, suits and straight. Okay. Obviously, the best low is, is, is what most people call the wheel. Now, in Omaha uh, 8, if you happen to have the steel wheel, you know, you've... You've, you've just about, you know, you've got the lock, lock, as some people like to say when they have their hands. Now, that w- I would say that must use two cards is what throws a lot of people off. And what other game is, is uh, uh, do seven? Where well, yeah, do seven is a different get where there you, if you there get a straight, straight or a flush it counts against you. Right. It does the not best, count as low. In do seven, the best low is a seven, five, four, three, two. Right. And the ace is considered high in do seven. But getting back to Omaha 8, okay, um, another, you know, people get very confused is since it is a split pot, you know, you are playing a high hand and a low hand, you could use any two-card combination out of the four cards that you have. And the best way to explain that is if you had an ace-10 of diamonds, Okay, and the board came out with three diamonds, and no, and no one could have a straight flush. The ace ten of diamonds would be the nut high, 
the best high hand that you can have. Right. Now the board ran out, let's say it ran out two, three, seven, nine, jack. Okay? And you have the ace, that same ace of diamonds that you're using for the high, and now you have any four in your hand, you now also have the lock low. Okay. And when you're playing this game, when you're playing with people who have played this for a long time, you know, at showdown, you, the people will turn over and they'll say, I got lock, lock. Meaning, you know, they've got the best high and the best low that you can have. And that would that would that would seem like, and a lot of people do this when they have ace deuce in their hand, that they're looking for a for the nut low, obviously. Right. Now the problem can be there may not be a low hand. You may or, have or or a deuce or an ace hits the board. Right. Now your ace that deuce is no longer hand. any good. That counterfeits you. Right. That counterfeits your hand. So, you know, ideally, you know, in an Omaha eight game. You like they used to say, you know, the, they the people say the best possible hand you could have is is ace ace deuce three with both aces being suited, and you know obviously one with the deuce, one with the three. That's why it's not a good idea to shove on a low hand uh, after the flop or after the turn because no. you can uh, you can get screwed that way. Exactly. You know, you'll see a lot of people. Like I said, I know sometimes they'll play it no limit, Dave, but. Most people who play Omaha 8 played as a limit game. And, you know, let's assume you, you started a hand ace-deuce for, you know, whatever. And you decide you want to play this hand, and all of a sudden the 3-5 comes out on the flop. Well, you've got a wrap around the lock. Doesn't matter. You've got the ace-deuce and the 4. Right, right. So... Whatever pops out, if the ace pops up, you've got the deuce four that gives you the lock low. Right. If four pops, you got the ace deuce. Ace four, the deuce pops up. So these people push this pot. But now all of a sudden the turn comes and it's a big card, and now the river pairs the three or the five. You're left with nothing in your hand. So um, I, it's a game that I used to love to play as, as opposed to playing just strict Omaha, um, you know, by itself, Omaha High. Uh, although, having dealt a lot more of it recently, Dave, uh, uh, I'm starting to get a little bit more of the nuance because of some of these plays that I'm watching these $30,000 pots being pushed around. Um, again, it's it's a game that I love to explain to people, but I, I myself have not been able to pick up the niche on it, you know, right. as, here, as well yeah. as I have in Hold'em and in Seven. I, I, I actually got an urge to play seven-card studs so bad now because we do deal it about four times a week now, a 20-40 game that they play high-low. So um, I wish I could find some games, more games like that, because I used to play that in the home games, and I used to deal that game myself. Right, so right. let's see what happens. Some of the things to stay away from uh, talks about in this story what uh, uh, a hand called a dangler, which is where you have three good cards and one card that's virtually useless. Like, for instance, uh, queen, jack of diamonds, ten of clubs, four of spades. I think the four hurts you there. He said you got three decent two-card combinations, and if a big pot breaks out, someone might have more than that. So right, you've got to be right. careful about Now, but like the that. thing with that is, uh, like some people will tell you in a high-low game, I've had people tell me, oh, don't ever play unless you have a low draw. Others tell me, listen, if you were to get ace, king, queen, jack, and the ace suited, and even in the other two, no, because the reason you play that hand is, if you're going to win that hand, 
more than likely you're going to sweep the pot. Okay. Because it's just more than likely you're not going to have a low out there. I think we could do a whole show on this. In fact, we may when we get uh, uh, Michael Moed in here. He's a real expert at, at high-low, and Mark Perlman as well. These are two of the guys that we know very well that play this game well. Uh, there's so much to talk about, though, with the strategy. And uh, one of the things this uh, story says is, uh, that some people say uh, never to play a hand that has a nine in it. Um, Is that a bit of an overreach well, there? I, you know, <laughs> I never thought about it, to be honest with you. I never thought about that, you know. And uh, What's the reasoning behind it? Um, the basically, uh, you know, you're working on straights that can be uh, beaten pretty easily. Um uh, you know, low draw is is not the nine's not going to help you in any of the low hands. That's true. So you may have a couple that work. So well, you're at the bottom end. You're at the bottom end of the of the um, of the six high cards. Right. That are there. You know, you're at the bottom end of that, so it really doesn't help you much there. I, I you know, I guess so. I guess it, like so. his example is, if you have uh, seven, eight, nine, ten in your hand, uh, if you make the nut straight. Uh, you're not going to have a. You're not going to get a low on that. Obviously, uh, if you make a straight and and someone may have a higher one, basically, uh, you know. With, well, with and not only that, the reason I don't like to play those games is for me to have to win that hand and have the nut. More than likely, a low combination has to come up on the board. So right. I'm at, so I'm already I'm playing for half the pot. Right. Uh, basically, if you have an ace and then you also have another card of the same suit, you know, you're looking for a good chance at a nut uh, flush. Uh, if they're, uh, the other card is low and can work together with a low three, four, or five, you know, you, you're setting up a good hand. So basically, you're looking for hands that can scoop it both ways. Exactly. I'd like to get into more of this uh, on a future show, but that gives you a good start on it. Uh, great article. It's on uh, by Lee Jones, who works with uh, Poker Stars up in Atlantic City. Uh, it's called No Limit Omaha 8, What Could Possibly Go Wrong? <laughs> but it's a great story, and he has a book out called Winning Low Limit Hold'em. Uh, but he has kind of uh, switched over to a lot. And there's a lot of games available on uh, a lot of the online sites. So it's something to take a look at. Anyway, uh, we'll get into more of this on a future show. But I want to touch on it and, and let people know that it's out there. And sometimes this is a better way to build your oh, chance to win. Trust me. Omaha is a fast-growing game, yeah, and it's been on the fast track for a couple of years, Dave. Uh, Monday is the uh, PLO uh, high-low game over at uh, the uh, Palm Beach Kennel Club for this uh, tournament. Uh, starts at noon on Monday, February 13th, so maybe that's a chance for you to try uh, for a not uh, outrageous uh, buy-in. No? Well, good chance to get your feet wet. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, we're going to be checking out some of that. We'll get some interviews, and we'll line up some guests. Uh, from the tournament and have some fun out there uh, over the next few days up in the Palm Beach Kennel Club. So that's going to do it for the show. Gio, thank you again for all your work. Uh, Joe, thanks for, uh, well, it's not always coming up to Broward because you now work in Broward, so you're up here all the time. Anyway. Yeah, I, I should have a second home up here. But uh, tomorrow, uh, the 9th, and as you uh, listen to the program this weekend, the uh, WSOP circuit event at the Palm Beach Kennel Club getting underway the 9th through the 20th. As uh, the final tournament, actually the main event, which is event 11 out of the 12, starts on Friday, February 17th. So point ahead to that. 1675 buy-in for that one and a chance to uh, etch your name uh, in the, and get a circuit ring. 
Uh, that's going to do it. We'll catch you next week on another edition of the show. Thanks for being with us, and we'll talk to you soon. The views and opinions of the hosts, guests, or callers are not necessarily those of the station, its owners, advertisers, or agencies. 